0: Our scripture reading this morning is taken from the book of the prophet Isaiah, the 49th chapter, beginning with verse 14. Zion said, The Lord has forsaken me, and my Lord has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget, yet I will not forget you. See, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. These are your words, Heavenly Father. They are your truth. We pray that you would strengthen our faith through them. Amen. Around the time my wife and I were newly married, we were living in an apartment building here in Mankato, and there were some neighbors that lived across the hall from us, that belonged to kind of a, I guess I would say, a, a very different religion, kind of like a cult almost. And one day, as, as the lady next door was bringing her laundry up the steps, I was holding the door for her, and it was just on the outside of the building, and there was a really bad-looking storm coming our way, black clouds coming in. You could feel the wind coming, and the weather was changing. And as I held the door for her and greeted her, she came up with her laundry. I said, "I said, looks like we're in some for, for some bad weather." And she looked intently at me, right in the eyes, and she said, "The wrath of God is upon us." I said, "Well, yeah, have a have a great day." It's interesting that when when things aren't going well, or even something as as Difficult as the change in the weather can sometimes cause people to make assumptions about God and, and how God is acting inside of our world. And there's times, likewise, when, when people have things that maybe aren't going right in their life and they start to conclude, well, is, is God upset with me? Is God trying to teach me something here? Is God angry at me? Does God even care about me? The prophet Isaiah expresses that in the words describing how the church, here called Zion, that's the believers, how Zion, even the believers in the church say, the Lord has forsaken me and my Lord has forgotten me. Like a a bride feeling like her husband has just forgotten about who she is and turned his back on her. There's a a deep-seated notion inside of us human beings, and it often comes out in, in different religions, that if we observe how things go in our lives even things like the weather that somehow that that is something we can use to analyze how God feels about us and how God is interacting with us and some religions try to manipulate God and the feelings of God by trying to do things that will make God feel differently toward them and so we're tempted to do the same thing to to sort of analyze our our situation in life, how things are going for us in life and and draw some conclusions then about well what does God think about me job's friends did this to him okay when he was in the middle of all of his suffering his friends were trying to help him figure out what did you do wrong? there must be some reason God is punishing you like this the disciples when they saw Jesus approaching that blind man and uh, this man who had been blind from birth were told they said well Who did something wrong? Was it his parents or did he do something wrong? There's just an assumption that that this punishment that he's undergoing has to do somehow with something that God is punishing him for. And it's easy for us to start to make assumptions that there's a kind of a cause and effect relationship between us and this supreme being. And if we can just figure out the right cause we can maybe bring about a different effect. And even devout Christians, very devout Christians, can sometimes be captivated by this type of thinking. And we can kind of use how our lives are going as a gauge as to what God thinks about us. And TV evangelists love to take advantage of this. If you just do the right thing, if you just give the right gift, if you just just do a little bit more of this, your life is going to turn around. And you're going to have success, and everything is going to go your way. And there's an implication that if you don't do that, you're probably not going to get things to quite go your way the way that you would want. Now, theologically, cognitively, intellectually, we can know this is not correct thinking. We can know that, that theologically, this is not how God would have me view my life. And yet, so often, when the time comes that we're going through difficulty and trouble and tribulation in our lives, we can fall back, our hearts can kind of fall back into the same type of thinking. Why is God doing this to me? Why is he letting all of this happen? Has he decided that I'm not worth his time? Has he kind of forgotten about me? Doesn't he, doesn't he know what would be best for me in my life? It's interesting God's response to this he says we read in Isaiah can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb surely they may forget yet I will not forget you it's interesting that God here in teaching us a lesson about this he draws upon the love of a mother he doesn't use a father No. A father loves his ch- children too. In fact, the Lord uses that as well to talk about how he relates to us. For instance, as a father has pity on his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. So it's not as though fathers don't love their kids. But there is something different. There's a, there's a different type of intensity when it comes to the love of your mom toward you. August Pieper, a commentator on this, says this. Cool, calculating reason may enter into a father's love. A pure, warm, and tender love, uninhibited by calculation, will usually be found in the woman and mother. A child is a thousand times more the flesh and blood and soul of the mother than of the father. She cannot tear her child out of her heart. And there are a lot of instances where we can see this take place as a as a parish pastor I had a a few situations where a child ran away from home and maybe kind of became estranged to the family and the dads in those situations were certainly troubled by that and prayed about it and came to counsel with me about it but there was a different level of intensity in the moms it it weighed on their hearts a little a little deeper And sometimes it even affected their health. There is something different about that. One commentator said this about how God uses the the love of a mother here in this picture. He says, the strongest comparison which the Lord can find, this is the strongest comparison the Lord can find for our human understanding. But it even surpasses that, he says. Where does that, that kind of love come from inside of a mother? If if a fallen, sinful mother can have that kind of affection and deep devotion to her child and her child's welfare, it had to come from somewhere. It didn't come from some explosion billions of years ago. It has come instead from the very God who created us and creates that kind of love inside of humanity. Even in someone who has fallen, a fallen creature of God can have that kind of intense love. Think of the wellspring, think of the fountain from which that type of love must come in the heart of God himself, which he has so clearly expressed to us through the death and resurrection of his son. You know, presently, God's movements in our lives are sort of hidden to us, kind of like God is behind a curtain, And we know he's there, but we don't always understand why he's letting things go the way they go. And for some reason, he has chosen not to disclose that to us, and sometimes leaves us guessing. But we do know this from Scripture, throughout Scripture, and in the waters of your baptism, that that God is deeply committed to you, and his number one overriding concern is just this. To get you to heaven to get you to heaven and whatever decision he makes in your life right now and things that you have to go through and things that are trials always go back to that one central issue in the heart of God his goal is to get you to heaven even through that your final salvation is of his utmost importance I love this verse where it says And when I read it, I want you to, what do you think about when you hear this verse? See, God says, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. How can you not think about the hands of your Savior that bled for you and were pierced so you could come to heaven? When you read that line. You know, a lot of children later on in life find out that their mothers and fathers were more deeply committed to them than they ever knew. There was an intensity to their love that they didn't even come close to comprehending until they became parents or until they thought things through or found out more history of their family later on in their life. When you and I, by God's grace, finally arrive in heaven and we look back on some of the challenges we went through in this life, we're going to actually see the intensity of God's love, his commitment and devotion to us, was stronger than we ever imagined, even when we were in our darkest moments here in this life. In the meantime, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not unto your own understanding. Amen.